0: Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Lemington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips, and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. How can sound people can only speak to two, uh, count to two, can't they? One, two, one, two. That's that There's more to life. There's three and over. But wonderful. Great to see you. My name's Dave. I'm one of the leaders here. If you're a guest here, then welcome to our service. It's tuning on podcast, and thank you for tuning in. And it's great to have you with us. So, to, Leanne's correct. Today is part six, our final part of a series called Rhythms of Grace. And don't worry, this, this session will sort of stand alone in its own right. Uh, but I'll do a quick recap as well. And um, who's enjoying the sunshine? Spring has arrived. Or was it summer? I'm not sure. Yeah, brilliant. So, great. We're going to. Uh, so, Daniel, thanks. So, Are you tired? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Worn out, burnt out on religion. Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. From Matthew chapter 11 in the message. Uh, version there. Wonderful words there. And so we're looking at rhythms of grace or disciplines in the Christian life. And uh, a definition of a rhythm is a strong, regular, repeated pattern of, of movement or sound, a regular occurring sequence of events or processes. It's the way, it's something that we do. And in the Christian life, there's lots of different rhythms, lots of different disciplines that we can take part of that are for our good and our spiritual development. There are different ones we've covered. There's fasting, Sabbath, silence, solitude. Bible reading, prayer, worship, relationship, service, the list goes on. And by way of recap, in part one, we looked at the rhythm of fruitfulness, that God wants our life to bear fruit. It's actually an expectation, not just a wish. That there's a rhythm of solitude and silence, where as Pentecostals, we're not so good at this, where God wants us to take time where we listen, we stop talking, we tune in, sometimes being by ourselves, but listen to the voice of God. Rhythm of prayer and fasting. We've just uh, gone through last week uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. Amazing. We looked in more detail at the rhythm of prayer itself in part four. And then two weeks ago in part five, we looked at the rhythm of worship, how preparation is key to his presence. And with the encouragement during that, that one was when you come, when we gather together on a, on a Sunday morning, prepare in advance. Prepare yourselves on Saturday. Get your head and your heart around coming together and worshipping the King of Kings because he's worthy of all our praise. And today I'm looking at the rhythm of sabbaths. I really felt that in closing this series, God wanted me to, to bring this to us. And it comes. i a bit of an echo and feedback. Um, it comes with a bit of a health warning uh, about this. So this is a work in progress for myself as we unpack what the Sabbath really means. Because sometimes we think it's about having a day off, but it's a whole lot more and having a day off, and we're going to unpack more about that. But I've got a confession to make to you today. As as someone would say in a meeting, hi, my name's Dave, and I am a... Hi, my name's Dave, and I am a starter-finisher. Who's ever done a profiling, one of these online profilings, or a tool which gives you a bit of an assessment of your type of personality trait? Okay? I've done many. Many in my life have got various different things that they say that I am. And one of the things that they say I, that I am is a starter-finisher. Now, what that means is when you start something, because I'm quite task-oriented, when you start something, you've got to finish it. I hate the tension of having unfinished jobs around. Give me a wave if you can appreciate what I'm saying. There's things that you've started but you haven't finished, and I hate it. Wives are probably turning to husbands right now and something about the house. <laughs> <laughs> about that cupboard you haven't yet mended, dear. Okay. And uh, I, I use, this is my diary, and I use my diary not so um, much for uh, events and, and meetings. I use my online calendar for that. This is my to-do list. So I turn to the day of the week, so today is the 24th of February. And I write in there things that I've got to do today. So that's my big to-do list. And if you're like me, you never get to the end of your to-do list. I write on a day a, a, a task, and each day I keep putting that task on the same next day, but I don't get to finish it. Because I guess we're too ambitious, aren't we? We try and fit too much stuff in, and it's all about, yeah, you know, we want to get the da- tasks done, and I'm all about tasks. And this tension in me is about, I don't get things finished. And there's been times in my life where when I have a day off, the things that I haven't got finished can drift into my day off, and before you know it, you your day off turned into a, a day of work. Give me a wave if you know, know what you're talking about. A few few years ago, I'd be uh, today is a bit about being honest and real with you, so you can understand a bit of my journey. A few years ago, um, I, I've got the privilege of, of serving Lord full time in, in this in this church. Um, a few years ago, I was part time here and part time somewhere else, and I was trying to finish off a project for a local organization in Coventry. And it was getting to the point that I was like burning the midnight oil. I was taking the work into my day off. And I was almost reaching burnout, friends. I was almost reaching burnout. And I was like early on into serving God. And I thought, God, what's going to happen? I found myself crying at different times, emotionally thinking, what's going on here? Because things weren't right inside. Why? Because I was abusing myself. I was abusing myself by not having rest, which God had ordained for me to have. And that was only sort of 2014. That, that's, that's when that sort of happened. I had to make a decision, and I'm on a journey with it. So now I have a day off a week. My day off a week is on a Friday. So I... I Only occasionally, and obviously at the moment we're doing an encounter on Friday, so I'll shift my day off that week to another day, but I have a day off for a week. But I'm on a journey about making that a Sabbath, because at the moment it's not fully a Sabbath. So I'm on a journey of understanding what a Sabbath really means, what it looks like. And just join me today in terms of understanding some of the biblical aspects of, of Sabbath, because I believe it's going to be liberating for so many of us today. So a few uh, Bible verses. In Exodus chapter 20, the great uh, chapter in the Bible which, where God is giving the Ten Commandments. Can I say the Ten Commandments are still the Ten Commandments? True. They still stand. They still, you know, God says, don't murder. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't steal. But he also said this in verse 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy that means to keep it separated six days shall you labor and do all your work but the seventh day is the sabbath of the lord your god in it you shall do no work you nor your son nor your daughter daniel right now is celebrating yay like i said it's a work in progress we're getting vacuum cleaning on the day off but yeah um uh, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and hallowed it. So the Sabbath day, the the, in this instance we're talking about the Sabbath being the seventh day. Because God created the world in six days. and On the seventh day he rested. But what day did God create man? Day number... Six, that's right. So in fact, man's first day, day seven in creation, was actually a day of rest. And what we do in our, in our society, we get it all wrong. We work, 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 productivity, 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 and then we need a break, we need, we need a vacation. Or worse, we might burn out. But God's, so in the sense what society teaches us is you rest from work. But in God's pattern, we work from rest. If day one was a day of rest for Adam, then day two for him was being productive. God has got the sense that we want us, he wants us to work from a state of rest. And Jesus emphasised the Sabbath in his life. The, the religious people of the day, the Pharisees, were very much about keeping the, the whole letter of the law... And they put lots of other stuff on top of it so that the, the original Ten Commandments would not be broken. But here's what Jesus said to his accusers. Because one day he was walking through the fields and his, and his disciples were eating, plucking the grains of corn. And his accusers said, look, they're not obeying the Sabbath. They're working. And Jesus said to them, well, didn't David enter the temple when he was hungry with his friends and eat the showbread? And Jesus said, it, Jesus said this in, in verse 27 in Mark chapter 2. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Sabbath is made for you. The Sabbath is made for us. The Sabbath is made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is not about this legalistic thing that we've got to keep, but God wants us to keep it, because as we understand what the Sabbath means to us, you will know refreshment, you will know rest, you will know something of the glory of God in your life. As we obey it. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. And in Mark chapter 3, he's about to heal someone, Jesus. And then again, the legal people say, Well, you shouldn't be healing someone on the Sabbath. And Jesus turned to them and said, In verse 4, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? (laughs) But they kept silent. So he healed someone. Was, Was Jesus working? Jesus was doing good. And on the Sabbath, which is made for you and I, God wants us to do good. Think of this. Your rest is blessed. Your rest is blessed. And some of us might need to, as a result today, understand what it is to take a rest. Men, some of us might need to understand what it is to take a rest as we understand the principles of Sabbath, Shabbat. The thing is, in the Jewish, I'm not, uh, well I'm a quarter Jew, but Jews will have from sunset on Friday night till sunset on Saturday night, that is their Sabbath. That's the Sabbath, that's when they, and I love that because in a sense the sunset is when you finish your work, unless you're obviously a night shift worker, when you finish your work and then you're resting and then if you're a day shift worker then you're going into work the next day. Again it's that principle of working from rest. So what does the scripture ask us to do about? Our rest is blessed, if God wants to take a rest and, and God's going to bless us as a result of that, what does that mean for, for you and I? Well, Hebrews chapter 4, I just want to talk about this very quickly. The writer of the Hebrews, we're not sure who the writer of the author was, his different opinions, whether it's Paul, whether it's Apollos or other people, but the author says this in verse 1, Therefore, since the promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. So God has a rest for every single one of us. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. When we hear, we have to mix it with faith, don't we? Otherwise, all we're here today is a, a sermon. But do you want to hear something, now mix it with your faith, and think, "Oh God, I'm going to apply that to my life. Now, verse 3, For we who have believed do enter the rest, as he has said, so I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. He's quoting from Psalm 95 there. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. So at the moment, the writer to the Hebrews is talking about a rest. He's quoted the fact from Genesis um, that God rested on the seventh day, but he's not talking about a Sabbath rest right now. He's talking about another rest. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he designates a certain day, saying in David, today... After such a long time as has been said, today if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. And what the writer of the Hebrews there is talking about is this. There is a rest, not on a Sabbath, But there is a rest when you and I will rest from our works. And the writer to Hebrews is talking about when we go to glory. Our sister Yolanda has gone to glory on Friday. She's at rest. She's at peace. What a champion of the faith our sister was. She's at rest. She's at peace. And maybe you're here today, and I don't know where you stand in your walk with Jesus, whether you have a relationship with Jesus. But God would want for you to know that when you die, you can have a rest in Him. You can have a relationship with God that lasts, this in this life, throughout the whole of eternity. But you have to come to Him. You have to come to Him in our baggage, in our warts, and all say, God, I want you to become Lord and Savior of my life, and I want to live forever with you. And we then have a rest. But when we have a Sabbath, a Sabbath, a Shabbat, it's like a mini version of the rest that is to come. The rest that is to come is one of glory, It's one of just fellowship, it's one of just uh, of immense pleasure. But you and I can experience that every single week. It's a shadow of that which is to come. A Sabbath is the shadow of the rest that is to come in our lives. But there's a challenge. Taking a Sabbath is a challenge, and I identify with these things. I wonder if you can identify with me in keeping the Sabbath. If I stop, if I stop working, if I stop doing things, if I stop, I won't be free, but legalistic. Surely, Dave, Having a Sabbath is a, is, a, is a legalistic thing. I don't know about you, but in my life, when I thought about the Sabbath, I, I, can, I can cope with don't murder, don't steal. But the Sabbath's been one of those things I've sort of shifted to the side. I, is it really that important? It's, it's about legalistic. It's about following the do's and don'ts, and it's not really that important. But if it's in the Ten Commandments, it's as important as the rest of them. And I think there's a misunderstanding there. It's not about legalism. It's about you and my freedom. Number two, if I stop, Dave, I won't like what I find. We bury ourselves in productivity. We bury ourselves in carrying on. Because if we stop, if we reflect, if we look inward, maybe this thing's looking beneath the surface that we don't want to face up to. Maybe there's a sense of shame. Maybe there's a sense of, I'm not really that good. I'm not really that perfect. They're better than me. They've got it more together than me. I haven't spent time with Jesus for a long time. My devotion life is rubbish. But Jesus calls us to come to him as we are. As we are. He knows our warts and alls. But do you know what? He still loves us. He still loves you. Come as you are. You may not like what you find. But God can take our brokenness and mend it and make us whole. We can know a peace, the shalom of God, which covers all our shame. If I stop Dave, I won't be productive. The thing is, we, we get our self-worth often and our self-image and and men and women we we find that if we can tick off the boxes if we can finish our to-do lists then we'll feel a sense of accomplishment and maybe our value but it's all wrong because won't the world carry on because Jesus is on the throne are you saying like I've said in the past That if I don't stop, this church won't cease to function. If I don't stop, my family life will be in chaos. Are you putting yourself on the throne of Jesus? Or can you trust Jesus that first and foremost, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. You're a human being. God has made you to be, to exist. And who do you exist as? As a Christ follower, you are a son or daughter of God. A son or daughter of God. And that gives us our value. Nothing else. Because our best works, my best sermon, is rubbish. (laughs) My best pastoral visit is rubbish. Because all our, our works are just like filthy rags, but we come as we are. But God loves us as we come as we are. As we come as we are and understand that our position in Christ is that God loves us. We're a child of God. And from that position, we live to serve him. We live to to contribute a little bit. But God is still on the throne and life will carry on without us. So why aren't we taking a Sabbath? Your rest is blessed. Blessed. If we take stock and think, if my rest is blessed, then maybe I need to look at what the Sabbath means and how I can go forward in this. And hear my heart this morning. I'm I'm not about bringing legalism to anyone. I'm on a journey with this myself. But there's some principles we can learn. And maybe start as you are and then take some steps forwards as you think about the Sabbath. So if your rest is blessed, remember to, number one, prepare. So my encouragement to every single one of us today is to go from here and to read up about the Sabbath. Investigate it. Read Christian literature. Read Jewish literature. Go from here and read up what does the Sabbath really means. Because if it's as important as don't murder, well, we've got to do it. We've got to find out what it means. If we don't at least find out what it means, we've got to, we know, we're not honouring God. So we've got to prepare. And then we've got to think, well, okay, maybe the day before, and if it, a Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time. Now, it could be a whole day. It could be a, a Friday or a day or Saturday. Um, and I'd encourage you to think about maybe not, not making Sunday your Sabbath. Because Sundays are busy, aren't they? Sundays can be very busy. But if you can maybe make another day of the week, Saturday, your Sabbath. Sabbath, Paul writes in Romans that it doesn't matter about the day of the week as long as we have a block of time where we're separating out to the Lord. But we've got to prepare in advance. We've got to choose when it's going to be. And I'm not going to be legalistic and say don't do any work, but can I say a pure Sabbath is one where you actually look at three elements, which I'm going to cover in a minute. The Sabbath has three elements to it. And... If you can have done any chores before your Sabbath starts, amazing. Suddenly, suddenly the mums, the housewives, the, the people look at me thinking, but the reality is, God wants us to honor Him by giving our best in the Sabbath. So we have to prepare in advance for it. Number two. So number two is we need to pause. Sabbath is all about stopping. It's all about resting. On a Sabbath, you can feel free not to take a nap and not feel guilty about it. (laughs) You can feel free just to stop and have a a (laughs) lie-in. You can feel free to get up early, to do some jobs, and in the afternoon to have some rest. That's what some of the, the Jews do. You have a rest at different times of the day. And you can feel not guilty about it. Here's the thing. When the children of Israel were in slavery for 400 years, 400 years they worked for Pharaoh in Egypt, 400 years they never once had a day off. They worked 365 days a week, 24-7. 400 years, they were shattered. They never knew freedom. They never knew or had the liberty to stop but when you and I stop, and when you and I pause, we say to the principalities and powers, you have no hold on me. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is on the throne, so I am allowed to stop. I am allowed to pause. The world will carry on without me. The emails will keep coming in. I don't need to look at them. I do not need to touch them. I can come off social media, because when I look at social media, it might be tuning into, I don't know, your, your work, some of us. You can pause. What you put in place is up to you and the Lord as the Lord leads you. But you're saying no to principalities and powers. The world system that will seek to drive us onwards. Those of us in ministry, in terms of um, that's what we do, there's an incessant demand. And Christian leaders can be the worst at this. I spoke to a pastor in Clementine even this week. And he's not had a day off for eight weeks. I'm not saying that to criticize him because I've been there. Unless he has a day off, he will burn out. We need to know what it is to say, no, life will go on in 24 hours time. I can have a day off because God wants me to have a day off. God wants my spirit, soul and body to rest. To rest. There's now no condemnation to those who believe. If you have not been having a rest, don't feel condemned. But take action now that God wants you and I To have a rest and to pause. And to have a nap, to have a lie in. To rest in the afternoon. All those things. Because you are saying, you are declaring, I can do this. I'm allowed to do this. God wants me to do this. Number two, three, sorry. Play. God wants you and I to play. Part of your preparation, I believe, is if you're single, write a list. If you're married, maybe write a list together and think, what brings me delight? What brings me delight? Maybe some of us have been so busy, 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 we've forgotten what brings us delight. Reflect back a few years. It could be anything. It could be, it could be. I know, going to the cinema. I love going to the cinema. I don't do it often. (laughs) Well, I don't say I don't do it often. Like a babysitter. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love watching a movie, a good movie, a wholesome movie. I love watching movies. I, I can just lose myself, can enjoy it. I, I love those I love those times when you go to cinema and you, you not, not knowing what a film's gonna be like, you come out thinking, wow, that wasn't that amazing. We you know, the arts, theatre, maybe some of you like like to draw. Like to go to um, I don't know, the, the parks, gardens. When, Jesus, when God created the world, we find out in, in, in Proverbs, it was like a part of play for him. Yeah. It was like he, was pre- he doesn't need us. He doesn't need this world. He is fully in his own right, just self-existent. But it was almost like his way of just playing. Playfulness, creating. You look at nature. I mean, I'm not a gardener, you know that, I've said that before, but some of the flowers that you see, that no one might ever see, but the beauty of them was God creating. God created you. Turn to your neighbor and say, look at you. (laughs) Ginger hair. I mean, what's ginger hair about? Must be blessed. <laughs> Say to our children, I'm, I'm sure I'm starting to see a few ginger c- curls appearing on Isabella. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm still praying for that one. But yeah, <laughs> but God created us, and like in His playfulness. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, I, I just believe that it was just fun to hang around with. Yeah. He wasn't just about teaching. It was fun to hang around with. And some of us have forgotten what it is to have fun. Because on the Sabbath, we can have fun. Things that replenish us. Try, it might be hanging out with some friends. Maybe on your list, you write a list of people's, people that you love to hang around with. That when you hang around with them, you just feel good. You feel encouraged. You feel strengthened. Write those people's names. Maybe you can invite them around for a meal. Eating. Eating's playing. <laughs> I say to kids, don't play with your food. But, you know, eating, eating can be playing. Enjoy your f- I don't know. I love food. I, I don't know, you know this fine dining stuff, you know, I, I, I used to think, look at it thinking, what's all that about? Give me a good hearty plate of food, piled high, that's my. But I tried fine dining once, and it was like, wow. <laughs> Couldn't afford to ever do it again, but you know what. <laughs> play. Don't play with your food, but play by exploring food and tastes and, I don't know, just... Play. God wants us to play and recharge ourselves, replenish ourselves. It's part of our Sabbath. We can pause and stop. We can have rest. We can also play. Recharge ourselves. It was interesting. Um, I was reading a book, and this also was saying about a friend of his called Christine was, going to, um, was in Jerusalem. And about one o'clock, she saw this, um, this group of like, young teenagers running around the corner, shouting, singing. And she turns to the waiter, I'm a bit disturbed by this, what's this about? She says, oh, they're just happy. Why are they happy? They're happy because their Sabbath is about to begin. And she, she described it to a friend by saying it was a sort of joy as if someone was saying, I'm going to go to Disney World tomorrow, I'm so excited. They knew the excitement, the delight of knowing that their Sabbath was about to begin. And this is where our planning is, comes in. Because if you think, well, my Sabbath is about to begin tomorrow. You get maybe some chores done in advance. So you can really enjoy that time. Maybe you're going to have a meal. You're going to do one of those things that you wrote down. You're going to play. You're going to have a lie in. Suddenly, the joy that you can experience knowing your day off, not just a day off, but your Sabbath, holy to the Lord, where you can enjoy him, the company of other people, is about to begin is such a treat to behold. Play. Number four. Ponder. Because the Sabbath is about being holy to the Lord. About being holy to the Lord. I'm going to invite the band back up. About being holy to the Lord. It's, it's, it's separated out to the Lord. That doesn't mean to say that you need to pray for 24 hours. Everyone said amen. amen. You can do if you wish. You can do if you wish. Holy to the Lord means you can spend some time, maybe with Him alone. But as you go about your business, as you go about your play, as you go about your rest, you're observing God in it all. You're remembering that God is with you. Often, it's Jews in homes, when they're about to start a meal, the, 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 the host of the house will say, We're just going to pause and raise a, 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 a toast to Father. Because it's about remembering that God is in the moment with you and I when we have a Sabbath our eyes are open afresh to the works of God you take God into the day with you not just in a quiet time you had at 7 o'clock in the morning you take him with you as we can any day any part of our day but we ponder and we ponder with the newness that comes to our lives we look at things differently because we're coming from a place of rest suddenly you're talking with people you look at God's people you look at other people differently because God created them as he's created you. We look at our time, look at maybe go to places and think, wow, that's amazing. I love reading the Bible and I love it in in Genesis where a throwaway comment, he created the heavens and he made the stars also. He made the stars also, like a side comment from the author. He made the stars also. He made you and I and he wants us to ponder in our Sabbaths. Coming into land, I, I wonder where you are at with your Sabbath. Again, it's not a guilt trip, but God wants you to do life out of a place of rest. And this is something that won't be easy to start off with. You have to give yourself time. Do one week, do another week. You might not always do everything you want to do, but just start to plan. And God is waiting for you. In Revelation chapter 3, he's talking to the lukewarm church. People say that, I am rich. I have need of nothing. And he says this in verse 18. I counsel, this is Jesus speaking to a lukewarm church. He's saying, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. He's saying, you, you don't need riches in this world system. I have everything you need to be rich. Come to me. He says, you think you're, 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 you're clothed, but you're naked. And he says, buy from me white garments that may be clothed, and your shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Maybe some of us don't have a Sabbath or day off because we feel, if we stop, I might feel empty. I might look at myself and think, I'm not really much. But God says, he wants to clothe you. There's no shame in him. Come as you are, he wants to clothe you. He wants to clothe you, He's waiting. I can't see. I can't see how much. Spend a day, which is anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. If we have a Sabbath friends we have a Sabbath where Jesus at, at the centre of that day not just at the beginning but at the centre of that day we can feast with him with fresh eyes we can feast with him and come to me new come as we are God I'm not feeling great at the moment okay come come open your door of your heart learn what it is to play learn what it is to pause and feast with me feast with me throughout the day I'm going to give you rest You deserve your rest in your body, soul, and spirit. I'm going to give you rest. And out of that, you're going to be even more productive the rest of the days. You're going to be even more productive because you've put me first. You've obeyed my commandment of having a Sabbath, having a rest. God wants us to come as we are, have a time of rest.
1: Let's close our eyes.
0: Lord, that there is a rest for the people of God. There is a rest for the people of God. There is a rest in eternity, but there's also a rest of the Sabbath rest for the people of God. Thank you that you knew what the scientists are only beginning to see, that our bodies are wired in a biorhythm of six days, and then we need a rest. And if we break that rule, it won't be long until our bodies will be forced to rest through ill health or various things that can happen to us mentally, physically, psychologically. And I pray for your people today. I pray that we would embark on this journey called Sabbath. We would know what it is to pause and say no to principalities and powers and to declare aloud that Jesus, you are on the throne and the world will carry on without us for 24 hours. I pray that we would know what it is to play And to replenish ourselves in in the things that we enjoy and find delight in. I pray, Lord, that we would know what it is to ponder you on our days off, throughout the day. Not just in a portion of the day. Knowing that as we do life, you are there centrally to everything we're about. And right now, just this, this message deserves a response but only towards you and God and right now there is now no condemnation to those who believe I'm on a journey with this myself but right now before we go from this holy moment I want you to think with God right now what are you going to do what are you going to do to start having a Sabbath but I've got kids have a Sabbath with them have a Sabbath with them you and your household have a Sabbath together. Play together. Laugh together. Ponder God together. Pause together. Right now, before the Lord yourself, just think about what you need to do to make this happen. Because God does not want you to burn out. He wants you to be productive for him. Productive in life. Because that's part of the call. work, is part of our calling, it's not a part of the fall. We are born to work, God worked. But he wants us to rest. Jesus withdrew himself often to rest and to receive the next set of instructions. God wants to download things to you, new things, new revelations to you. You take stock and rest and play and pause and ponder. Father I pray I dare to believe that we can be a church that can learn what it is about the rhythm of the Sabbath who can learn what it is to put you first in that and know what it is to live a blessed life coming from that place of rest in Jesus name and as a church we will say no to principalities and powers and the world system that says we can't have a rest we will say no Forgive us, Lord, where we've not said no. Forgive us, Lord, when we've just said, Lord, oh, the world can't exist without me. My world can't exist. My household can't exist. Forgive us, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you put a rekindle a desire in all of our hearts to go from this place and to put a Sabbath in place. that will honor you and honor our families for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.